0: hello and welcome to profiles in risk this is your host tony kanyas and today i have with me jim russell ceo and co-founder at Orbiseed, and andrew ansenberger vp of product and customer experience at OrbiSeed. so for, first of all thank you both for joining me how's it going today we're doing great tony thanks good to be fantastic here. thanks for having us awesome and, and I, I very very often uh b- b- break the ice talking about about the weather based on where you guys are at. So you're both in in Toronto. Uh, I've been to 70 some countries, but never Canada. Uh, But, so my understanding of Canada, I've never been there, on March 22nd, you're either buried buried in snow or enjoying the beginning of a very nice spring. So how are things looking in Toronto today?
1: Uh, So far, uh, we've just, I think, got over the hump uh, middle of March, uh, we're starting to feel like it's spring Snow's starting to melt warmer temperatures are coming double digits So I uh, starting to feel a little bit like spring is around the corner
0: Fantastic, and, and is, is it one of, one of those things like, like Michigan
1: where, where you get a second winter that goes until like June We could still get snow in April, but uh, we're crossing our fingers. We've seen the last of the heavy stuff
0: Okay, awesome uh, so, I, I always give the guests to, the chance to, to kind of give the elevator pitch. Uh, what, 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 it, what is OrbiSeed?
1: Yeah, that's great, Tony. So, again, thanks for, for letting us come on your show. We really enjoyed watching it in the past. Um, OrbiSeed is an tech startup founded back in early 2019. Our mission is to assist the property and casualty insurance industry, solve one of its biggest challenges, which is to review an ever-increasing volume of property data quickly and effectively. And our machine learning uh, platform helps risk engineers and underwriters automate the manual, mundane, and repetitive review of documents that includes text, tables, drawings, six times faster, which improves their efficiency and delivers significant savings and operating costs. And while we provide the above uh, features, we also deliver faster and more accurate review of documents that reduces human error. and We mitigate against critical risk that enables commercial insurance carriers to win more business and increase their profits.
0: Okay, um, so I, I I'm not surprised that this is a problem for our industry, uh, but I am surprised that that it's a growing problem. Why Why are we getting more more, more documents?
1: We we've actually analyzed this problem, and the reason is because. Uh, insurance companies per se are receiving more and more data from, or more and more uh, documents from their customers, from brokers and from their clients. And because of that, uh, that continual improvement of an increase, I should say, in the number of documents, we see that it's similar to the size of the Library of Congress on a weekly basis.
0: (laughs) Okay uh and is is it partially the the uh much more access that that's been brought because of the insurtech revolution
1: andrew do you want to take this
2: one yeah i think tony it's a combination of that it's also a combination of the new technologies that are coming um, to the forefront you have satellite imagery drone technology iot devices What I'll talk about a little bit later is um, we were interviewing a lot of risk engineers out there. It felt like they were drinking from a fire hydrant with all these new technologies coming online. It's like, great, it's all this information that we have to now make sense of, but we still have to manually go through all this information, and it's just a growing pile of new information, like Jim mentioned, the, the size of the US Library of Congress on a weekly basis. And that was one of their fundamental challenges: is that the fact is like, how do we make sense of all of this new technology and the data that's coming and presenting to us, and structure it and present it, and then rekey it into legacy insurance systems? So that's kind of um, where they're coming from on the risk engineering side.
0: Okay. So, so how, how did you guys realize this was a problem, and, and, and how did you decide to to uh, to, to jump on the, on on this problem?
1: So. Um... Back, I guess, towards the end of 2018, I was a senior executive and director of an innovation team at a large global company. And my role was actually to bring product excellence and technical transformation to the business. Now, Andrew worked with me at that organization, and we shared a common dream of creating an AI company that helped transform large, slow-moving industries through the adoption of disruptive and innovative technologies. And as well, during this time, I had also the opportunity of working very closely with the University of Waterloo, which is located, as you know, probably Tony, near Toronto and recognized as a leader in the fields of engineering and computer science. So during this time, I met my partner, uh, co-founder Tin Chen, who was already working on an AI solution that combined machine learning and NLP to extract process and summarize very complicated unstructured property data. And it was beginning in 2019 that when, when we were looking at what do we do with this is it a prop tech solution or an insure tech solution and we felt after doing some deep analysis and when Andrew joined the team we agreed to focus our efforts on the PNC commercial insurance sector to solve the challenge of unlocking value found within complex unstructured property data
0: okay um, so so it uses AI machine learning Yep. Ha- how, how 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 does it work and, and what does it look like to the user and and what makes it unique to the other solutions out there
2: yeah, so, so that's a great question so fundamentally i think if we take a step back tony you may know this that when we're looking at maybe insure tech technology in general there's often this uh, approach of product-centric development where, where we at orbisi we took a customer-centric human-centered design approach to our solution so that i guess First and foremost, we, we put the risk engineer at the center of our development process when we were building the solution. I think that in and of itself makes us unique amongst a lot of other organizations on the technology landscape. Um, we interviewed probably over 150 risk engineers across the globe from individual organizations with probably one to two employees to organizations that over 30,000 um, employees globally. And we used all of those insights to help build a solution that utilizes natural language processing and machine learning to read and understand commercial property risk reports. And for context, these reports are anywhere from 50 pages to 200 pages long, depending on line of business, and some instances over 2,000 pages long. So what we're doing is we're extracting critical uh, risk factors from these reports and presenting them to risk engineers in an intuitive visual dashboard. So, we're looking at things from COPE, so construction, occupancy, protection, exposure, loss of potentials, and presenting them in a way that allows them to organize this information, synthesize this information, and then present it to their underwriting team in a matter of minutes as opposed to the two to two and a half hours that would be manually.
0: I love the idea of the, of the, of the visual dashboard. Uh, so, I'm a former middle market and underwriter and did both liability and, 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 and the property piece. Uh, And uh, basically, we would go over everything manually, right? We would go over the pictures manually and and go over the reports from loss control manually. Uh, So tell me about that dashboard. What what, what, what,
2: what, what does it look like? Yeah, so it's it's basically a 360-degree view of all of the risk factors found within a particular report. And we organize it by individual risk factor. It could be construction, fire rating. It could be exposure. Like, is asbestos exist on this particular plant. Um, are underground storage tanks present? Are above-ground storage tanks present? And we give the risk engineer, and the end user, the ability to drill down to what's ex- extremely important to them. So we organize all this information based off of those, those basically mission-critical risk factors, and then give them the ability to validate or invalidate um, our AI findings, because one of the things we've learned is, speaking with risk engineers, they're highly skeptical of technology, first and foremost, so so when you're looking at this information, are they going to trust what our AI produces? So we give them the ability to drill into the report and look at where this information was found, and then basically allow them to validate that information, and each time they validate or invalidate a particular piece of information, um, we create a digital record on the back end that retrains our particular model so that we can eventually have straight through processing. So when we're looking through these particular types of reports, risk engineers can have it auto-accepted or auto-rejected based on their previous findings, which I think is super important uh, for a user experience. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm looking at, at,
0: at, at the website as I often do while recording. Uh, so, uh, six six x six six times faster processing of of, of documents. Uh, so that's already where where you're at. That's that's where the where the where the product is today is is six times faster than than traditional. Uh, so, what, what 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 does that mean for, 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 for the carriers? Getting that six times faster. What what are, what are the effects that the, that the customers are, are, are seeing by by using the, the system?
1: Tim. Yes. Um, the, the benefit, of course, of that is the fact that, you know, that risk engineers immediately uh, can process more documents faster, more efficiently. Uh, they can actually spend more time working with clients. They spend less time doing the, the repetitive. And by doing that, uh, they have an 88% increase in efficiency and a 20% overall in productivity. And that reduces tremendous cost and, and burden. The other benefit that we see is, of course, So not only is there efficiency gain, so there's, uh, in terms of of reducing efficiency, so they can actually review more reports, but they're actually not looking, I mean, a majority of carriers today, Tony, and you probably already know this, they only look at about 10 to 15% of their book of business. And what our uh, capability allows them to do is go back and look at some of their historic documents. Uh, Where are some of those, um, you know, where are some of those ticking time bombs? Uh, So what happens is that can come back and and haunt them. Maybe they've never gone through. It's an older customer, a customer, it's a repeat customer. They haven't gone through recently and looked at their documents. Well, our AI can go through and and review those and update uh, the carrier or specifically the underwriter and the risk engineer if uh, there are any concerns or is there something in the the book of business and specific to that uh, customer or client or broker uh, that they don't want to insure. So it it mitigates risk and it improves productivity. And uh, that's a tremendous savings. The other benefit is the fact that, you know, this is, these are highly paid, uh, you know, highly paid uh, employees who have many years of experience, in some cases, middle age, um, difficult to replace them. So what our AI does is it allows you to train models through a human in the loop. And as the models get stronger and faster, it mimics the activities of the risk engineer and it enables uh, that risk engineer to be more productive. Uh, so you don't necessarily to do you do more work at lower costs. You don't have to hire more risk engineers. And even if you do have a risk engineer leaving, a lot of the uh, the knowledge that has been passed on through the system gets helps train the new risk engineers who can use that information uh, collectively from within the group.
0: Okay. Okay. What. What, what 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 is the integration like? Since, I mean, we're we're investing heavily into in, the carriers are into, into getting their systems to to a decent place. What does the integration look like? And 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 where, how advanced do my systems need to be in all, in order to be able to integrate?
2: So that's a that's a great question. So with Orbiseed we offer basically two standalone options with our product, namely, one we can have our proprietary web-based application for individuals who don't want to integrate with any other of their core insurance systems. So we do have that available, but we do have the ability to use our universal API to connect with core insurance systems such as Guidewire um, and elements like that. So um, everything we try to do at Orbiseed is we we see ourselves as that supercharger on those workflows. So if integration is super important, that can be part of the the implementation um, package that we do offer to carrier clients and broker clients. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something that we do have the capability to provide. And a typical implementation, when we are looking at those more complex integrations, sometimes it could be like proprietary systems that um, carriers have developed internally. Could be anywhere from six six months, basically. It would be um, from an implementation standpoint.
0: Okay. Um, what 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 is the pricing like? Is is it? A subscription? Is it a by the, by the policy or by the user? How? how what? What is that? What is the pricing model like?
1: Yeah, thanks, Tony. We have a, a really flexible pricing model. It's based on. Um, it's not based on number of users. It's simply based on the number of reports uh, that are processed. Um, it continues to scale and it reduces as you scale. So the fact is that the more you use the tool and the more you use the platform, uh, your cost goes down. And the benefit, of course, is that those those files, every time you open a file or close a file, that's not one-time user. It's You can use it across the system, and so it's a cradle-to-grave solution from all the way from risk engineers, account engineer, account managers, all the way right up to underwriters, and uh, those files can be opened up multiple times at no additional cost. So it's affordable, but at the same time, it enables you to grow and use um, use the tool in a broader sense so we're not counting the number of, of seats or users we're simply looking at the engagement and how many times you use the product and it's quite affordable in relationship to existing costs in fact you know it reduces probably 70 to 80% of your costs against what you're manually paying to review documents so it's a quite of a effective uh, cost savings and efficiency saving
0: gotcha gotcha and and, and i see on the website that that you, and Better, uh, better accuracy th- than having humans go through it?
1: Yeah, we have to be very careful when we talk about accuracy. We don't want to, uh, to have anyone believe that, that AI is perfect and nor should we, even if we have self-driving cars. I don't think any of us want to take our eyes off the road. But that being said, a um, you know, human in the loop and the way that we've set up the AI, uh, we're, we're getting almost an 85% accuracy out of the box. And then, as the tool continues to be refined and used, and with our human-in-the-loop process, um, looking at the PDFs, we find that it eventually gets up to a 90 to a 95% accuracy. To the to the eventual goal of throughput, which uh, throughput processing, which is you know no human in the loop, you're literally trusting the AI because one well, one of the things we ensure that engineers have to be responsible for the risks that they're signing off on, and we don't want to present them information that's either um, it is isn't accurate, or that's going to create uh, uninsured losses. OK.
0: I, I've had many AI and, and machine learning uh, insured in takes on, on, on the show. Uh, but but uh, lately, GPT-4 has been all over the news. Uh, so how is this similar? How is this different from, from you guys' use of AI?
1: Andrew, Andrew just wrote a whole article on this that we posted or he posted on LinkedIn. So I'm going to pass this one over to Andrew and then I'll, I'll leave you with the final summary. Yes,
2: yeah, so I think that's a great question and we know that it's on everybody's mind. They had a meteoric rise of the, like one of the fastest companies in, I guess, tech history to get 100 million users onboarded. Um, but I think fundamentally, ChatGPT is a language processing um, artificial intelligence. Whereas it, it knows different words, it understands their context, and it calculates the probability in order to string those words um, together. Whereas fundamentally with, with Orbacy, what we are is an intelligent document processing engine where we're ingesting these complex unstructured PDFs in a hundred different formats at this point in time and we're extracting mission critical risk factors from them regardless of what that format looks like. And these reports have text. They have images. They have tables, and we're pulling out the relevant information um, in a matter of seconds uh, for our risk engineering user group right now at this particular point in time. So I think I think there's a lot of um, talk around ChatGPT. There's a lot of um, applications and use cases for it within the insurance industry. But as it pertains to Orbisid, I think it's a huge opportunity for us to utilize that those large language models or LLMs. Um, to help improve our data extraction accuracy and also give us the ability to query, like Jim mentioned before, like a, a book of business. So when we're looking at exposures within, let's say a large carrier, what percentage of our business is adequately sprinkled, would be something we would be able to calculate based off of deploying this technology with Orbisys technology. Um, and they would come back and say, oh, well, 60% of your book of business is adequately sprinklered. They're using this particular type of sprinkler system and its footprint is covered, let's say 85% adequately. Um, so I think that's a huge capability and learning opportunity uh, going down the road when, when it comes to ChatGPT and overseas technology yeah
1: the other thing i'd like to add is simply that you know we're dealing with very specific specialized data that comes from clients that uh, may be only available to a specific carrier and that's not generally available to the public which is all of these large language models or llms are are using so what we tend to do is take the information directly from the customer we're able to review it specifically and clearly and effectively really quickly and by doing that, this has proven that you know you adopt this in a way that's lightning fast. And if you invest in, in this type of AI, and I think it's been proven by these LLMs, that it's the way of the future. And therefore, because of these companies who are sort of taking advantage of AI and the capabilities that we could provide or that the industry can provide, they'll win in the market.
0: OK. what? What, uh, what new features and, ca- and capabilities are, are you guys working on? What, what's coming down the pipe?
2: So yeah, as of today, Orbis is working with two lines of businesses where we're extracting these risk factors from. One is the property line of business, and two is the environmental impairment liability, or EIL um, line of business. Um, what we wanted to do is because right now we are injecting all of these documents from brokers and all those sources where risk engineers can get them from is our first priority is to now work with third party data integrators to enrich our data source. So now we're pulling all of the relevant information from documents. What other sources can we use to enrich this information to provide more context? Um, to risk engineers, whether that's working with elements like um, Hazard Hub or even the US Geological Survey, bringing all that information together to create a much more complete 360 degree view of the risks that are present uh, within a property or a portfolio of properties. So first and foremost, it would be that third party data integration. And then secondly, um, as Jim mentioned earlier, what we're really focusing on is historically, uh, insurance carriers don't really know what's in their book of business. So we want to provide them with the ability to understand um, all of those reports that are sometimes just ticking time bombs, like Jim mentioned. So we're working on creating that uh, capability to analyze those historical records and provide a historical picture of what's within their uh, book of business. Because we we can easily start from today moving forward, but sometimes it's what's in the past that can uh, haunt us, so to speak. So we wanna really focus on analyzing that and providing that upfront, sort of as a way to sort of springboard us into an agreement going forward um, with our carrier clients. And of course, once once we have significant data
1: and sufficient data, what we can do is we can also develop predictive analytics specific for risk engineers and underwriters who are looking at building data and looking at more complex data that traditionally insurance carriers don't necessarily review and by having all of that uh, as kind of a central database or on a platform that you can access quickly effect- effectively and efficiently it enables you to you know instead of opening up several screens at the same time and trying to open and close you know files as well as access uh, you know third party data it's it's a dog's breakfast so we're trying to have a simple source of truth for the industry which allows a, a cradle to grave solution between risk engineers and underwriters
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, any, any any conferences for the rest of the year that, that uh, we can run into you at?
1: Well, you know, we're we're looking at attending them all. Uh, it's it's a, we're a small team, uh, a very efficient team, cash flow positive. I'm happy to say. So any manager out there, Any mas- manager out there listening about worried about working with a startup? It's always a concern, but we are are fortunate enough to have partners who have supported us earlier in our, our journey. And because of that, um, what we're doing right now is we, our hands are full because we're dealing with several customers right now who are adopting the product. Uh, but we hope to eventually be showing at all of the trade shows, the major shows, whether those are in Vegas or, or the ones that are gonna be in Nashville and presenting our, our company and our products in a booth. And, and of course, meet customers up front where they can see and try the product immediately through a demo or actually we can come to their site and work with their risk engineering team or underwriting team.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. Uh, is, is there any, any, any insurtech conference up in Canada? Uh,
1: there is, uh, but again, it's it's primarily regional and, and we'll be honest with you, uh, we don't really work with any customer here in Canada. Uh, so, uh, so our focus very is, US focused focus for now. Our focus is south of the border, literally the much United bigger market. It's It's our principal directive because we see the opportunity being the biggest. And we see it also, the need is there. And I think that's what I'd like to stress, Tony. I'm not here to sell Orbiseed. I'm here to talk about that. If there is one thing to take away after listening to this podcast, it's the importance of adopting AI. Uh, I think everyone can see it now with with the recent uh, popularity of a lot of the large LLMs. Uh, But really, if you want an opportunity that you you can take advantage of quickly, efficiently, and uh, it's not going to cost you too much while it's going to enable you to continue to have an overlap in your existing systems and processes. Uh, that's who we are. So we'd, be, we'd love to talk to anyone and we're looking for partnering with any company that is willing to work with us and help us reach our goals.
0: Awesome, as, as, uh, once this goes live, I, I will tag both of you on LinkedIn and uh, the company on, on LinkedIn. I look forward to seeing you out, the, out there. Uh, uh, thank you so much for, for your time. Thanks. Really appreciate it, Tony. Really enjoyed the opportunity.